0: Hey, I'm JB,
1: and I'm Doug,
0: and And we we are are your your Kraken Kraken Captains.
1: Captains. Welcome to another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast.
0: Uh, Well, Doug, how is today's episode shaping up?
1: It's shaping up great, JB. I'm really excited. The season is upon us. We are less than a week away from regular season games, and this is the real deal. We're chasing that Stanley Cup, baby, and we're coming in hot, which means the format of the podcast is going to change just a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Uh, Do tell Doug what's the uh, format going to be kind of looking like.
1: Well, from this point on, we are in it to win it, so coverage of the games will take precedence over the deep dives into players and coaches. We are going to do our best to bring you solid coverage of the games and break down the team news for you the Kraken fanatics.
0: Uh, But Doug, I hate change. But you know what I love? I love this. Because it means real action, real NHL hockey games in the greenhouse, finally. It's been a long time coming, in some case for people. 40 years I've been waiting. So everybody's excited, and I'm excited to To finally get some real games happening in the Pacific Northwest. So forty years, forty years, slipping all slim (laughs) jim. Not official advertising, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's get into the maelstrom. The maelstrom,
1: the maelstrom, maelstrom. On this episode of the Kraken Captains, JB and I want to get personal with y'all. We're going to tell the tales of how we got addicted to hockey. So let's start with you, JB.
0: Thanks, Doug. My uh, hockey journey started when I was young, and I'll probably date myself, but uh, it was right around the time the Mighty Ducks came out. And uh, everything kind of converged, you know, into. Uh, the perfect storm for me to fall in love with hockey we moved to a town in colorado called steamboat springs um and it's a big winter sports town anybody who knows um steamboat springs steamboat springs yeah
1: steamboat springs
0: yeah yeah it's um it's called its nickname is ski town usa but um it's kind of a farm for olympians uh especially like cross country and ski jumping They they love their winter sports out there. And so I moved out there and <clears throat> my older brother, you know, decided to play hockey. And then I was watching, you know, the mighty ducks and D two. Uh, and, uh, I just fell in love with the game. And I, I, of course, you know, my brother's coming home like every night I'm like, mom, I want to do that too. Um, and then I think that next year the Quebec Nordiques, uh, moved to Colorado became the Colorado Avalanche and they won the Stanley Cup that first season Patrick Waugh comes over from the Canadiens that you was got
1: huge
0: crazy you know good players Milan Hayduk Joe Sakic. There was
1: kids in the small town in upstate New York that I grew up in wearing Colorado Avalanche jerseys yeah
0: especially. when I mean that Matt when you get that magic and everything comes together right in that first year um pretty insane I was in my parents house and this is obviously like June so it is summer but they were letting me like stay up to watch hockey games and uh that final game I think it was four or five I can't remember if we swept them I don't think we did but that fifth game when we won the Stanley Cup it went to triple overtime against the Panthers and uh I'm like running around the house at you know, 1 30 in the morning screaming like, yeah, the ads did it, they won! And, you know, <laughs> just going crazy. And uh I was hooked from then on, you know. And uh we had, you know, luckily we had Patrick Waugh, you know, the stone wall. So you were always gonna be able to compete and Joe Sakic for years. And my favorite player of all time, um uh Peter Forsberg, he's a Swede and he just was crazy on the ice the things that he could do like one-handed just fighting people off not that big not that crazy but you got people like rob blake um the amazing story of ray bork uh who came over from boston to win his first stanley cup and i still <coughs> cry dude when i hear Kinda like love the, ray bork. the highlights um of joe sakic like not lifting the stanley cup and handing it to ray so he could be the first one to like lift the stanley cup um, so, uh, pretty crazy, pretty awesome stuff. And
1: Those moments are just classic. For-
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, you you never forget that stuff, and and they you know of course just they sold out the stadium for like eleven years in a row, and so everybody I think was into it. But yeah, I just continued to skate and play until we like moved away, and then I moved somewhere where there wasn't any ice, and then I got into football and I did that. So but hey never never lost the love for hockey so yeah and that's why I got the 77 jersey the Davy Jones jersey that's the, the number Ray Bork wore so um pretty awesome Hell that's yeah, that's kind of my story that's what's up what about you Doug
1: well all the way back to the years when Doug was in kindergarten This is a long time ago, because I'm going to date myself in these stories, too. You'll see. Don't worry, JP. (laughs) Grew up in upstate New York. My best friend in kindergarten was like, what team do you like? I like the Rangers. We're in kindergarten, right? Five years old. I was like, I don't know. Uh," He's like, you don't have to like the Rangers. There's other teams, too, like the Islanders. They're in New York. And I was like, I like the Islanders. (laughs) Just to be different, right? And I didn't we didn't have cable growing up i grew up in it was like i said a small small town so like no cable my school didn't have a hockey program i couldn't even tell you where the ice rink would have been closest to my house we did have winters that were cold enough for it to you know freeze over and i skated a couple of ponds got hit in the face with a couple of hockey sticks you know but no, I guess we played the NHL games on Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo when I was in uh, elementary school. My neighbors, they had a little farm across the street. We'd go over there and we'd play the NHL 94, 95. And I was the youngest out of the four of us, so it would be we'd play like four-player. They had the four-player plug-in for the Sega Genesis, and the four of us would play two-on-two on, two on NHL 95, 94, stuff like that. And I loved it, so. About five years ago, I got a pair of ice skates for Christmas and started going to the rink two to three times a week until I could skate, you know, enough that I was comfortable on them and, you know, had been following the local leagues and I was following the greater Seattle hockey league on Facebook and, uh, found out about an evaluation skate and went and they did a bunch of drills and like, you know, make sure you can, skate forward, backward, and they have a bunch of captains of like a bunch of different teams in the league watch, and then they do like a little draft. And I got drafted to the Seattle Stingers, and I've been playing hockey on rec league for about three years now.
0: And you still follow the – are the Islanders still your team?
1: No, no. So my brother, my older brother, took me down to New York City about – when my, my son was two years old. That's probably about five years ago. We're talking 2016 probably. My brother took us down to New York City. And, uh, like, I, I, went, I went through a little phase where I was a Calgary Flames fan because I liked their logo when I was, like, 9 or 10 or whatever. Uh, but got back into the Islanders when I started playing on those video games again in 2011. Mm-hmm. And my brother took us down to New York City, and we were in Times Square. We were walking around Madison Square Garden. And there was, there was like, a little dive bar we walked in. They had a bunch of New York Ranger stained glass in there. And my brother looked at me and he said what are you doing being an islanders fan that's long island don't you know that like the rangers play at madison square garden it's the most famous arena in the world and we're new yorkers don't you understand that like this is and we had like we had a big conversation about it you know what i mean and he kind of changed my mind because i didn't want to like the only reason i wasn't a rangers fan when i was in kindergarten is because i didn't want to like be the bandwagon guy because my best friend was a rangers fan right like i didn't know anything about hockey then and like you know growing up is like even when i moved to chicago the guys that i was living with they were all blackhawks fans so i watched the blackhawks games i have a bunch of friends that are in massachusetts that are like hardcore boston red sox fans right and Mm -hmm. i'd go watch red sox games with them right and like i just love hockey my brother changed my mind. I follow the Rangers. I wear Rangers jerseys and
0: stuff now. <laughs> well, like, the good news, folks. That's Zuccarillo,
1: we... I loved him. He's on the wild or whatever now. I loved him. Like, I just love hockey. That's it.
0: Yeah. The good news is we have a local team to root for now, so we can That's be second fans.
1: Fans i got the kraken jersey too now and well i think me bandwagoner um, for that too i don't care I, what they I'm, say i'm
0: hopping on i'm hopping on good yeah. news doug you're hopping on at the very beginning so yeah. take that yeah well i think that's uh really cool because i don't think there are many people who probably like play in a rec league who didn't play you know at some point when they were like a kid or whatever you know it's I don't tough think to many like
1: pick up and learn something like that when you're 35. It's right, embarrassing exactly. is all hell. You don't most... want to go out there and make a fool out of yourself in front of a bunch of dudes that grew up playing the game. And I right. did. Believe me. Believe me, I did. There's probably guys on my team that hate my guts right now just because I like am not making the right pass. Yeah, well, and stuff.
0: <laughs> that's what makes it amazing because most people don't get off the couch. Wow, it was very cool. Well, I hope you uh I hope the, you guys enjoyed that. A little insight into uh who we are and uh kind of why we love the game. So we're excited about this new franchise, obviously, clearly. Um, and uh the fun of getting in on the ground floor. Um, so that's uh that's the story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, let's move on from that sappy stuff, Doug. people have heard enough. Uh let's talk about the um The preseason games and what we kind of saw, uh, you were at two, and I know we went to one together, so got to actually see some some live action, so let's break break that stuff down.
1: The preseason had tons of excitement. Let me just tell you all about it. First, I want to tell you about the three-rink rush. The three-rink rush was a -a once-in-a-lifetime event where the newest NHL team played three of their preseason home games at the home rinks of the Spokane Chiefs, the Everett Silvertips, and Seattle Thunderbirds, while Climate Pledge Arena is still under construction. In my opinion, seeing an NHL team play at these smaller Western Hockey League rinks is like getting to see Jimi Hendrix play at the Comet in Seattle. In doing this, the team provides fans with a less expensive, more intimate experience that JB and I enjoyed so much. Yep. I really hope the team continues to do this in years to come, but when I mentioned this in the Stingers' locker room, they kind of laughed at me and shrugged it off. But let us know what you think on our social media.
0: Exactly. I am with you. I I honestly can't believe the boys in the locker room laughed at you because, I I mean, I understand you want to, like, get full – full price
1: i'm a romantic i'm a hopeless romantic you'd think that they would want to do it there's there's other whl teams in the state of washington as well so you could you could switch up the rinks that they do the preseason games at the home preseason games
0: i would i didn't go to the ever game like you did but i thought the kent arena was you know serviceable you know but obviously there's consideration for the fact that you could get seventeen thousand fans in the greenhouse right so that's you know add up the tickets
1: in any of those smaller rinks so i i
0: I understand but it's like um you know like olympic teams or whatever you know that win like gold or whatever and then they hit the road and they're like yeah america like see your team that won gold well you're giving like people in washington a chance to go see this new team and i thought it was amazing just because of the way things worked out this time, having this three-ring rush thing and the energy and the intimacy of it was amazing. So if it doesn't happen again, it was kind of once-in-a-lifetime thing that, once you got, in a lifetime. that we got to do. And and uh, hopefully a lot of you guys out there got to do it as well because I thought it was amazing. So
1: Okay, let's break down these preseason games. Here we go, JB. All right. Sunday, September 26th, at Spokane Arena for the first preseason game and the first game of the three-rink rush, the Kraken bested the Canucks in a 5-3 victory. We had two goals from our sneaky buddy, Morgan Geeky. Sneaky Morgan Geeky. That's right. Also, a goal each from Riley Sheahan and Donato and McCann. So the three of them scored a goal each.
0: McCann hitting McCann.
1: Okay, two nights later, Tuesday, September 28th, Seattle suffered a 6-0 loss to Connor McDavid and the Oilers. McD, what can you do? There's NHL All-Stars and then there's McD, am I right?
0: McDavid, yeah, there's not much you can say about that. Other than, you know, the lines were in flux and I know that Grubauer didn't start that game either. We but... didn't
1: have a lot of starters. It's, that's the weird but, thing about preseason. You see yeah. a lot of like the younger guys yeah. come out there and do what they can do. But but hey, yeah. that night, unfortunately, 6-0, it was a brutal game to watch. The very next night, in Calgary, the Kraken had a shootout victory over the Flames. Jaden Schwartz with two goals and a big assist. Jordan Eberle had two assists. Friday, October 1st, at the Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett, Washington. For Game 2 of the 3 Rink rush, the Kraken had their revenge on the Edmonton Oilers. Two big apples from our captain, Mark Giardano. And Jaden Schwartz scored the equalizer with less than a minute in the game. And Jarrett McCann with the game winner in overtime. What a game.
0: Oh, man. So that's the magic. Like, that's what you want to see. That's why you never leave, Doug.
1: I got to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. I'm going to keep it real with you right now. And when there was like two minutes left in that game, because it was like 0-0, period two, Edmonton scores. It's a grueling, grueling battle. And then with less than a minute left, Jaden Schwartz comes through with a goal to tie it up. And it goes to overtime. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, and that uh, that was Giordano on like a tip drill.
1: With the assist. Beautiful oh, shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, that he just in. Just the right place, right time, all the guys.
0: Yeah, and then, and then that McCann goal in OT.
1: Three on three OT is just like, I, I agree with the league. For making that rule to make it three on three in overtime because it creates the space the guys are skating around and mccann just buried it it was great
0: yeah what a game that one you know top down was best game of the preseason for sure
1: yeah okay. so here we are saturday october 2nd for the final game of the three rink rush at the xso show center in kent washington Unfortunately, it was a 4 to 1 defeat for the Kraken from the Calgary Flames. Vince Dunn had a goal in the second period. We were yeah. there. It was exciting. It was fun.
0: Yeah, it was great. I, you know, obviously, it's not the result that you want, of course. No, nope. but... no,
1: nope. you want them to crush them. You want You're them not... to go out there and you want them to beat the Flames 6 0, like the Oilers beat us 6 0 in Edmonton. Right, right. Earlier. Yep. Totally. I enjoyed. The fans. sitting, Going to those two games, I enjoyed sitting around like other people who were like into the sport, watching the team. I saw an autographed Alexander True jersey from the Thunderbirds. Autographed Alexander True Thunderbirds jersey walking around in there. I don't even want to tell you about seeing Mark Giordano sitting outside the stadium. Our final game of the preseason on Tuesday, October 5th at Rogers Arena where Seattle bested Vancouver Canucks in a 4-0 to zero shutout. Vince Dunn fired two goals. Sneaky Morgan Geeky with two big apples. That's what I'm talking about. Kale Croc also gave us two assists. But the big story of this one is a tale of two cities. In those two cities is a great wall, and his name is Philip Grubauer. Groo. With the shutout, the big goose egg. So we're thankful to him for finishing up that last preseason game like that. And that wraps up your Seattle Kraken's preseason games. Back to you, JB.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Great to see. Obviously, those guys finish it up the way you want. For nothing. Shut up. Take it to the Canucks on their home ice. And you get that full look. Grubauer played the whole game. You watch him and you can tell that that's why they went out and got him. So
1: overall, I think if you look at the overall of the preseason games you see a team that like we we had our ups and downs it's preseason right you have to tell yourself it doesn't matter because we don't yeah. even know what the lines are actually going to look like yet but way too much of it was just flux like in people so in and out and exciting to see you
0: let's talk about the three stars of the preseason cuz that's some of them you know that's what it's all about
1: you saw it right there you saw yeah. it we saw yeah, Philip so, Grubauer with a shutout easily proved that he's the best goalie on the roster for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just – watching those games, you just know he is – he's the guy in the clubhouse. So, uh, Jaden Schwartz, um, second star, two goals and an assist, plus that deflection, right, from from Giordano. Uh, yeah, in that game, where we won in, in overtime.
1: At least, and he's just looking that's, money. You got to love that guy. I'm sure we'll a, see lots of Grubauer and lots of Schwartz jerseys to come.
0: But then we've got our buddy, Sneaky number three. Morgan Geeky. Two goals in game one, and he added two assists in the shutout in Vancouver. But I think most importantly, he was everywhere. Uh, every game, he was doing those things that we talked about. Always in the right place, finding himself, you know, open slots, open lanes, uh, shooting the puck, uh, taking chances. Uh, So I think he, out of everybody, probably played himself onto the roster. I expect him to be on the roster come game one in Vegas. I don't doubt it. I don't
1: doubt it at all. I heard people on talk radio all over town talking about him. I listened to 10 different radio stations and they mentioned him on every one. I turned on the TV, three different channels, they're talking about him. Right. And
0: Ron Francis uh, was part of the Canes organization that drafted him, brought him over. I think he's 22. So that's turned like on uh, a
1: podcast from New York City talking about the Rangers. And they were like, this guy, Morgan Geeky, he's like, we want him. We probably want him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's see, so, you know, anybody with their pulse on anything would know that you got to keep him on your roster, then he's not going to survive. You know, cuts, or you know, he's not going to survive when you try to send him down. Uh, um,
1: uh, don't you know, even talk about sending guys
0: gonna, down. Gonna, <clears throat> gonna hit the waiver wire, and somebody's going to grab him. So
1: no, no, no.
0: But speaking of the waiver wire, we we probably should address the the guys who who didn't make the cut. But Jeez. so far, I don't want to. Okay,
1: I don't want to talk about these guys. It's a well, bummer. We'll we just want—I want them all there. I want I them all know. on the bench. Well, I this just is want them all on the bench, JP.
0: Yeah, I know. It's the tough part. There's not room for that many people on the bench. I know. But the good news is, so far nobody has been picked up. There's a few that I'm kind of surprised, but I'll just run through the names, and then we can talk about it. So Alex True, Alexander True, Carson Twerinski, Luke Henman—the first signing that we had. Uh, defenseman Connor Carrick, Gustav Olofsson, and Cale Flurry. Down to the checkers, goalie Anton Bibou, uh, Cole Lind. Bibou. Bibou. Bibou.
1: Bib- Bib-
0: Bibou. Bibou. Well, we'll keep working on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cole Lind and Max McCormick. So all of you know them what? cleared waivers and they're all assigned to the checkers. I mean, I think you and I probably agree. Alexander True is probably the big one. That's the, biggest, surprising. That's
1: the biggest one that's going to make it. The, I think we'll still see him on the ice for the Seattle Kraken through the season. But at the same time, I guarantee there's a lot of people in town who are pretty sad about that one. Yeah. Honestly, the next two, Carson Twerinsky and Luke Henman. I'm kind of bummed to see them go down, too, even though, you know, the team had to send someone. Yeah. Even though it had to be done or whatever, like I I started to see these guys, started to see these guys play for the Kraken, Connor Carrick, Kale Fleury, you know, Luke Henman, Carson Twarinski in the preseason games and they showed their stuff and it's it's a bummer to see them have to go down and play uh you know for for the Atlantic Hockey League but I'm sure that the uh, Carolina Checkers are happy to see him show up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I do. I think you're right. I think, you know, a handful of these guys for sure, especially Alexander True. I think he was all over the ice in the game that we went to, you know, uh, I think playing hard. And, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these guys. Twarinsky uh, up...
1: in game one of the preseason was looking fire. And Luke Henman played in three or four of the preseason games. Kale uh, right. Fleury, Connor Carrick all those Gustav Olafson, you know I think that I think that we'll see more of these guys in years to come so oh you know don't um, count them out just yet
0: before I forget Decord he was sent down as well uh and cleared two goalies on the roster it's Drieger and uh, Grubauer Um,
1: Drieger and Grubauer Joey Decord is gonna be with the Carolina checkers yeah but
0: I I fully expect him to come back up too I thought he he played amazing especially you know in the games that I saw he was coming in cold you know like in the third period and playing lights out and playing in the shootouts and everything like that so yeah the roster is starting to take shape I'm sure we're not done yet there's a couple more players probably that have to be sent down but when you get when you're getting this close at this point those guys may not make it through the waiver wire they probably get picked up. Well that's the maelstrom. That's the important stuff. So uh so we better find out what is a crackin' in the community.
1: What's crackin' in the community?
0: Well let me tell you we uh briefly kind of talked about this I think in what the puck a while ago and like uh cold plays opening the uh greenhouse you know they're gonna be the first show in there and who's gonna sing the national anthem it'd be cool to have a local team uh or a local team sorry a local band some somebody that's got like a local history in the area
1: can we get um, jimmy yeah nirvana?
0: no nirvana nirvana we'll get nirvana, <laughs> but... can we get jimmy and nirvana to
1: play
0: no we oh. we do hologram jimmy and then we got we got one body from Nirvana. So it turns out that they did go out and get somebody to uh, open up the greenhouse. It's the Foo Fighters. They're doing a benefit concert uh, to open the greenhouse October 19th, uh, and it's for the One Roof Foundation, which is the philanthropic arm of the Climate Pledge Arena and the Seattle Kraken. So it's, it's to, to benefit you know what they're out in the community trying to do. So I just want to take a few minutes and kind of talk about the One Roof Foundation and what they're doing. So um, they're developing cutting edge technology to optimize the fan experience. They're partnering with private and public leadership to ensure efficient and responsible transportation options to and from the arena. And setting the standard in sustainable facilities operation. And that's pretty much directly from their website, you guys. Um, but I think, you know, everybody knows that they're talking about being, you know, carbon zero, net neutral, and like the first arena to, to do that. So they've got a lot of, a lot of work to do. So obviously offsetting, they've said, you know, people traveling to and from the arena is going to be their biggest like greenhouse effect. So they're trying to get people to take public transit and all that type of stuff. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to be exciting to get into the facility and see what they're doing, but, uh, they're also building an enterprise in which everyone feels welcome and developing the most diverse and inclusive hockey culture in the country, if not the world, (laughs) it's ownership's vision of bringing professional hockey back to Seattle, reinventing the historic landmark that was key arena, which is why they kept the roof. Um, and why I think it's called one roof foundation, um, but they're advancing, uh, positive change in the community. So, um, so yeah, they created the one roof foundation and they're the one roof foundation has three pillars and I encourage you guys to go on their website and check this out for yourselves and kind of read about what they're doing, but they want uh, youth access to hockey. They want to combat youth homelessness and they want to work on environmental justice. Um, so those are kind of the three pillars of the organization that's crazy so, let me
1: just tell you one thing we've got a place that's got one roof and it's got three sheets of ice and it's called the cracking community iceplex so that yeah. reminds me of one roof and three pillars
0: right so it's all i'm i'm all not the yeah.
1: same organization that's yep. what they're doing yep they're exactly there for you
0: yep Heck yeah Doug. so that's that's what it's all about check them out but, one
1: roof foundation but the
0: important thing is the foo fighters with uh dave roll uh kind of local boy um is is gonna they're gonna be here and they're gonna open up the greenhouse okay that's uh what's cracking in in the community i suppose we should move on to what what
1: the fuck
0: exactly
1: What,
0: what the what the fuck? Doug, I think you got to take this one because you just cannot stop talking about Evander Kane. <laughs> so, kick it off. Let's chat about Evander.
1: Evander Kane was not with the San Jose Sharks for training camp, although he was cleared of charges from the allegations that he was gambling on NHL games. We have found out that he just sold his house for above asking price, but there are new allegations that he possibly may have provided a phony vaccination card to the NHL in order to play for the 21-22 season. There is currently an investigation by the NHL. No one knows if his estranged wife is involved with the investigation or not. So what do you think about all that, JB?
0: Yeah, this is – I mean, this is just a classic
1: case of, like,
0: your personal life falling apart, and it's affecting, like, every other piece of – like, the fact that the NHL cleared him in the original investigation, but he still couldn't be with the team because of all these other things going on, the whispers that his teammates really don't like him, which can't help. And then, you, you know, he sells his house in San Jose – I mean, it just doesn't look very good. And if the allegations about him, you know. Let's
1: find out about the vaccination card because yeah. it's phony.
0: Yeah, it's not a good look. And for somebody that talented to not be able to be with the team, you know, and skate and, and be out on the ice and, and do what a I'm sure scorer. he loves to do.
1: Evander like, Kane just, is a good hockey player. He's a big-time scorer. He's like a tough guy. You know what I mean? You get him out yeah. there, he knows how to play. Yeah. But, like, all this sort of stuff with, like, phony vax cards and allegations of gambling and, like, no offense to her because I don't know, but, like, the like, the ex-wife who's just constantly trying to, like, throw his business into the public eye, it makes for a tough career for a guy.
0: Yeah, I think, personally, I think it, it, he, he might do well from taking, like, some time away from the game and maybe a new, a whole new place, like, <sighs> figure some stuff out get get some of this personal stuff right you know maybe get I away would from teach your
1: ex wife if he wants to learn how to lay a brick wall i'll hire that guy in a second he can go push people around on the scaffolding for all i care
0: yeah probably laying bricks it in, in its way is probably pretty zen huh you know it might be good for him <laughs> like something. hey it's just a it, thing
1: i don't know some mortar like you don't brick. want to go right from being in the nhl to putting a hard hat on but it's happened before well
0: it might be forced on him because i hear he's going bankrupt so it's not as if he like cannot do he's gotta do something so i don't know it's just i feel almost i almost feel bad for the guy but uh definitely i think a new situation for him like get out of san jose maybe step away from your ex-wife get some new energy around you you know get into a different locker room where the guys might be willing to like
1: Carolina Checkers. Out. Carolina,
0: Carolina checkers, checkers, you know. yeah, No big deal. <laughs> we'll take,
1: we'll head, out a, <sighs> head out to
0: Carolina. Head
1: out to Carolina, Kane. yeah. Put so, you the checkers. You learn how to play a team game, you
0: know. For Vander Kane, you know, with this whole vax thing, it's kind of like, hey, you know, if you don't believe in vaccinations, that's totally fine. Like, you don't want to do it. But giving somebody a fake vaccination card just to skirt around everything, I think, is... Like the easy way out, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's a weak. That's a weak move for sure. Yeah. So I agree with you there. I can allegedly,
0: allegedly. We'll we'll see what happens. But
1: yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, where these allegations come from, right? Right. Where are they coming from? Why is it like uh, every every week there's like a story and some thing about Evander Kane? Whether it's his gambling problem, his bankruptcy, his vaccination status. His ability to uh, live in San Jose and play on a team and be happy yeah. with the guys on his team <laughs> or whatever. Is, there's always a story about the guy. It's like, why? I almost feel like people are picking on the guy.
0: I I, I think you're probably – I mean, part of that probably you're probably true because you're in – it's before the season and it you're in a news cycle and you need some news, and, like, this guy is just
1: his yeah, father,
0: unfortunately. A probably of things? these – you know, his ex-wife is just ready to, like – Spill the beans, so so the reporter just calls her her up, you know. Is it
1: her? Is it the league? Is it the Sharks? Who is it? Who is it? Is it Evander himself?
0: Oh, God. What's going on
1: there? There's a story there, and I can't wait to find out about it. Well,
0: my big hope is that, you know, his talent and his play will eventually find its way back onto the ice, you know. And all this stuff will will be behind it.
1: There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it, because... There have been hockey players who have had much worse allegations against them than gambling or phony vaccination cards, who are still in the All Star Games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, allegations are nothing if, if he's cleared of it. It's it's you have to trust the courts.
0: Well, speaking of uh, taking care of business, um, Carrie Price. Also, um, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into it. I know he was, you know, one of our picks and it was possible that we might spend a big, the you know, the Kraken might spend a big chunk of money to bring him here. Um, but turns out that that may have been like a good move. I, that's all I'm going to say about that part. The, the piece that I really just want to say is that he's um, seeking uh, help. He's going to be away from the Canadians uh, for a little while. Um, the player assistance program, um, which I think used to be basically the rehab program. So um, something going on in his personal life, but he's taking care of it. There was a a statement released by his family and, and his wife. And it sounds like he's getting a lot of support. And uh, I just hope that, you know, I'm glad that he, you know, recognized that he needs help and that, there's a system in place to get him the help and hopefully he'll be back on the ice real soon but um
1: that's i think i think a smooth move on carrie price's part right now because if he's having if he's having i mean any kind of problems really right now this is the perfect time to say it because we just saw simone biles in the olympics yeah take a step back for her mental health right yep and uh, I think we just in here in Seattle, we saw Marshawn Lynch was it Marshawn Lynch had a, a a thing in the media about his mental health and his family and some things were going on there. And so like, when you see these professional athletes going through these, uh, you know, mental health crises, if you will, or, or whatever it might be, I mean, like in Carey Price's case right now, it might not be mental health, it could be could be anything. It could be like right. my We don't know. My grandkid has COVID and I'm just not ready to like start playing right now, so I'm gonna go over here and do this thing. It could be anything. Right. But like but like it's cool that he's got like he's got a way to say, Okay, I'm gonna take a minute, step back, and it might be forever. I'll let you know. Right. I think I think if you're if you're a person in a position like this you should have the ability to do that. And I think that anybody Anybody who's a fan of the sport or the team should should give that person the respect they deserve. You know what I mean? Simone Biles, she needed she needed a break, she needed to step back. It's like who are you to say whether or not she should do that, right?
0: Right, right. You don't so have for... any, A leg to stand on there. I mean <sighs> she's greatest on, greatest now. ever walk into a gym, right? So oh, you
1: never had a problem in your life. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> why don't you it, write me a letter and uh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe a man. recommendation letter if you never yeah. had a problem in your life, all right?
0: Yeah, so, but it, it is an interesting kind of dichotomy to look at Carrie Price and you know it's wild and what Evander Kane is going through, and and to me it's kind of like, hey, where's his assistance program? Because <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah, sit down and give say, him
1: a little support. Like, is all I had to say was that I needed help <laughs> last year. If I said I needed help last year, would people have helped me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you you wonder about those things, and Oof. you know,
1: I what a world.
0: Yeah, but there it is. So you know, best of luck to you, uh, Carrie Price. Whatever's happening in your life, I hope uh, you get it taken care of. And I'm you get sure the help there's you fans need. in my
1: like that are just like there's veins popping out of their necks.
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean he's a huge you know huge piece of the puzzle there you led him to the stanley cup finals last right. year and That's and right. just i mean i'm beloved by the, the whole organization the and whole the city the fans in the city yeah. so yeah you just just want to see him get better for
1: sure so, 100
0: uh, yeah all right let's uh in this what the puck segment with our mistakes let's Start with you doug did you just say that the rangers were going to play the red sox Oh, did you mix hockey and baseball <laughs> <laughs> the, you have an out though there's the texas rangers oh, which are a, a baseball team so yeah, there no, you go i was
1: talking about the texas rangers and the boston no the bruins <laughs> the rangers and the islanders that's
0: yeah, all right oh, I, I, I got the you covered
1: can fix me.
0: <laughs> uh, but more more importantly there's a couple of uh, a couple of names so uh, I have definitely been calling Giordano Giordano. Gir- Giordano. Giordano. Yep. And then uh, uh, same thing with Drieger, not Dreiger. I've been calling him Dreiger. Dreger. trying to read his
1: name and pronounce it the way you read it.
0: So uh, just a couple of little things there, but we want to point those out. I just
1: enjoy trying to pronounce French names like Antoine
0: Right. Yeah. Hey, it, it can be fun for sure how do you learn learning's uncomfortable doug that's right so we'll get there but there it is as always the Kraken captains would like to thank you our listeners for tuning in to another episode uh let us know your thoughts
1: follow us on social media and drop a line and let us know what you think or what you want to know about the seattle Kraken. let us know and we'll see you right back here for the next episode real soon